are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border and Politicians build a new world order too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And today, uh, time of the live broadcast being December 13th, 2022. Today is a very special day. It is a day that is historic. It is a day that uh, happened a little later than I originally predicted in the article that I shared with you and will put in the show description for the podcast again. Um, you know, it's the day that the so-called 
Respect for Marriage Act was signed by the man currently occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, currently the world's most expensive nursing home. Uh, yes, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. signed that bill into law. So it is an act now, officially. And, of course, if you're going to have a Respect for Marriage Act that is anything but Respect for Marriage, uh, then you're going to have uh, the bizarre ceremonies that uh, go along with such things. And, and this particular one, attended by all the Washington elites, uh, activist musicians, and, of course, drag queens, well, Joe Biden had to do something to one-up uh, his former boss, you know, that guy, uh, the former president of the United States, the guy who was known to many as the chosen one, uh, the man who could single-handedly, by just speaking the words, lower the rising tides and cool the warming earth. Uh, yeah, Barack Hussein Aluakbar Obama. Remember when when we had the Obergefell uh, decision come from the Supreme Court and they decided that, yes, even though clearly there's nothing in the Constitution about marriage, period, we have magically discovered a constitutional right for same-sex marriage. And now every state has to abide by it regardless. You remember when that happened? Uh, a certain Barack Obama, uh, he decided that he was going to put the rainbow lights in front of the White House. You know, the people's house, uh, not just the LGBTQY ampersand carrot sign, uh, bunny emoji, uh, not just those people, but all the people, all the people's house. Uh, that also means uh, the many people that, due to a deeply held religious belief, simply can't bring themselves to celebrate or to actually What's what's a good word here? Engage in the idea of a same-sex marriage. Many, many of which are perfectly content to let people go do their thing. Just don't make it part of what we have to do. Yes, those people too. So to 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 rainbow color up the people's house in such a fashion is a thumb in the eye to all of America's uh, religious people. It's a thumb in the eye to all of America's conservatives that believe that the government should always honor marriage being between a man and a woman. I mean, up until that point, there was actually a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, which was not repealed until today. Uh, that's part of what the Respect for Marriage Act did. It repealed. Now, in the article I shared, I talk about how technically the Defense of Marriage Act was also unconstitutional, but for the very same reasons that Respect for Marriage Act is unconstitutional, and that is the federal government has no real power in this issue. It's a state's rights issue, period, end of discussion. But not for the left. The left always thinks that uh, there is no limit to governmental power. There's no limit to governmental authority. We should just set back and acquiesce to the desires and the 
general thought process of the left, no matter how little sense it makes, no matter how little fact can be uh, attributed to the decision-making process, yes, we are supposed to just sit back and take it. Well, the signature of one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. on this piece of legislation codifies same-sex marriage protections into law after the Democrat-controlled Congress passed this unconstitutional legislation with the help of some Republicans. The bill, of course, repeals, as I already mentioned, the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act that legally defined marriage as between one man and one woman and permitted states not to recognize same-sex unions from other states. It said, okay, so if a state wants to recognize a civil union between two same-sex partners, then they can do so. But they have no power to compel other states to recognize them. Uh, hence, the idea of it being a state's issue. Even then, there was the idea that it's a state's issue. Therefore, defining it as anything but that is an acknowledgement that it also was unconstitutional for the federal government to do anything with it. But I digress. After all, the more you think about it, the more your head's just going to hurt. So anyway... Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. Barely There Beijing Biden, he signaled his support of the bill in a statement last week after it passed the House, remarking that it is a critical legislative victory for LGBTQ couples. Yeah? Really? Critical victory to... You know, ignore the Constitution, ignore states' rights, and ignore common decency because your desires do not trump your fellow American citizens' rights. Therefore, you are engaging in non-human decency behavior. And I'm not talking about your sexual publications. I'm not talking about your choice of life partners. I'm simply talking about your abhorrent ignoring of your fellow man's rights. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy into this notion that, oh, you know, just like uh, the only way to fight racism is with more racism, uh, you can't, the only way to fight uh, our status of being, uh, having our rights ignored is to ignore the rights of others. No, that's not how you win that fight. It's not a way to, to win that battle, but, you know, the left doesn't care. They will doll this up like some major victory. They will put the lipstick on, they'll put the dress on, and they'll march around in drag and act like there's nothing at all wrong with it and act like it's us, you know, the normies, who are the weirdos. Biden, of course, proclaimed at the signing ceremony, today is a good day, a day America takes a vital step towards equality, a word they very rarely use these days, because remember, the catchphrase now is equity. Uh, Equality is not actually something they really want. It, it never was. Equality means equal opportunities. 
They don't want the opportunities to be equal. They want the outcomes to be equal. They want equity to be just given away instead of something that is earned in some fashion, paid for, either through effort or blood, sweat, tears, or perhaps even just buying in. Yes, that's what equity is supposed to be. So when you just hand equity away, you're devaluing whatever it is. But equality actually makes it even more valuable because when you have an equal opportunity at success, but no guarantees to the outcome, that makes the success even sweeter. Anyway, back to back to barely there. He said America takes a vital step towards equality, towards liberty and justice, which actually this doesn't do either of those things. Not just for some, back to quoting again, not just for some, but for everyone. So now he's quoting song lyrics that uh, I guess he was recently watching an Austin Powers movie, maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. What the world needs now. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not trying to run you off. I will stop now. Anyway, back to quoting one more time. America takes a vital step towards equality, towards liberty and justice, not just for some, but for everyone, towards creating a nation, decency, dignity, and love are recognized, honored, and protected, and it literally does none of those things either, but the words sound pretty, and it sounds like something that you want to say if, I don't know, you're trying to gaslight a bunch of folks. Not that anybody on the political left would ever want to gaslight anybody. Perish the thought. I mean, what possibly could they be hoping to accomplish besides, you know, protecting a, a marginalized group of people? Yeah, that is the words they use, right? Anyway, the ceremony was witnessed by thousands of people on the White House South Lawn who were barraged with music from non-binary English singer Sam Smith and musician Cindy Lauper. Hey, you know, uh, Cindy Lauper was there. The uh, the guy that they keep insisting on calling president also personally invited a number of drag queens to attend the ceremony, some of whom, very, very special, very VIP, some of whom had performed in front of children. Uh, this, according to the Daily Mail, uh, quote, to be a non-binary drag artist invited to the White House is something I never imagined would happen. Thank you, President and Dr. Biden, for inviting me to this historic bill signing. Grateful doesn't begin to express the emotions I feel. Uh, this was Marty uh, Gold Cummings. Gould, maybe? Marty Gould Cummings? Anyway, uh, evidently, Marty, with an I, is a drag queen, and... Uh, you know, I've never heard of Marty, and, you know, that's no big deal. I just don't follow the drag scene very much. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure RuPaul's the only drag queen that I know for sure that I can name uh, right off the top of my head. I would have to research anybody else, really. 
I guess that makes me a bad person, guys. Same as all of you if, if you're in the same boat. Anyway, the so-called Respect for Marriage Act passed the Senate 61 to 36 uh, after Democrats worked to gain the support of GOP senators and clear the 60-vote filibuster threshold. After a delay earlier in the week, the House finally voted on the legislation. That happened on Thursday of last week. And I still thought at that point that it was very likely that uh, they still might go ahead and uh, sign it by Friday, but I guess they needed time, you know, to invite all the drag queens over. Anyway, it easily passed the uh, democratically controlled House. The vote there was 258 to 169, with the approval of, yet again, Republicans, in this case, 39 of them. Quoting here from, at least for the moment, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. This legislation is the latest step in House Democrats' fight to win full equality for LGBTQ Americans and forge a more perfect union that our children and their children, all of our children, deserve. Yeah, Nancy's uh, got a flair for the dramatic as well. You notice she slipped up and used the word equality as well. Now, I'm wondering, Nancy, as you're building this more perfect union, uh, how many of our children are going to have children since they're all either going to be trans or going to be in same-sex marriages? Because eventually, they're gonna, if you trans the kids enough, you're not going to have even children being born out of wedlock because, you know, after you surgically mutilate and chemically castrate all the children, it's not going to be physically possible for them to have children of their own. It's just a minor oversight, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, these folks know what they're doing, right? They're the experts. They, they know what they're doing. <laughs> the Respect for Marriage Act does not force states to allow same-sex couples to marry under the Supreme Court's 2015 Obergefell versus Hodges decision. We've talked about that in depth, and like I said, I point that out in the article that I wrote that, again, you can check the show description if you're listening to the podcast. It doesn't. But, and even then, that is once more an acknowledgement that this is still at its heart a state's issue, not a federal one. But as far as not forcing the states to allow same-sex marriage, they do make it so that if somebody does get married, if someone enters into a civil union of the same-sex variety in a different state, a state where it's considered lawful, a state that recognizes that same-sex civil union between the two people, well, basically, both the state that doesn't recognize it within their own borders, and the federal government, they too must recognize those civil unions as marriage. As, as long as those unions are, are valid in the state where said marriage occurred. Majority of Republicans opposed the bill, arguing that it would pose a risk to religious freedom. As I pointed out as well, Senator Mike Lee 
had the best take on this and offered up the best set of amendments to the bill that would have done a little something to protect religious liberty. But aside from Mike Lee and Marco Rubio's and a few others, none of the amendments that actually would protect a religious person's legitimate right to live their faith, none of those were allowed to be tacked on. They were all voted off. Mike Lee said that the bill's potential consequences on religious freedom weren't obvious, but legal experts have pointed out a legitimate risk. Now, it's it's good to put it like that, because if you don't make it clear that this has been worded and doctored in such a fashion to make it difficult to see the obvious ramifications, then people will just dismiss it offhand, which most of the lefties are going to anyway, because they're hip to the game. They know what's going on. They know if they pay too close attention that they themselves will see through the muck and mire. They know what's actually going on at this point. There's there's no more unintended consequences. These people know exactly what they're doing, and it's not about equality. It's not about loving who you love. It's about shredding apart just a little more the Constitution. It's about denying the fact that states have more authority than the federal government. It's about taking a constitutionally federated republic and turning it into a banana republic. One where they call the shots. It's about control. It's about conditioning. It's even about a little healthy dose of gaslighting. It's about all those things. But it's not about protecting anyone's rights. It's not about making an effort to, to protect a marginalized people. It's about making an effort to shut up the largest majority of people here in the country, those that are still willing to stand opposed to the will of the leftists who are calling the shots at the moment. Lee, again, we're talking about Mike Lee, Republican from Utah. He wrote, quote, without robust protections in place, federal recognition of same-sex marriage could read against the backdrop of various federal statutes and the way they've been interpreted by the Supreme Court. Inflict harm on those who, for reasons rooted in sincerely held religious belief or moral conviction, do not embrace same-sex marriage. And make no mistake about it, that's what this is for. It's not written that way. But this isn't a possibility. This is intent. It is the feature. It's not a bug. Lee, Marco Rubio, James Langford, they all proposed amendments to this so-called Respect for Marriage Act. 
All of them would specifically include protections for anyone with a religious belief or a moral conviction that marriage belongs to one man and one woman. None of their amendments passed. None of them. They were not concerned about protecting anyone's rights. They were concerned about getting their way and growing their power. The power of the federal government continues to grow well beyond what it should be permitted to do. And this is just another way to chip at it from a direction that most people won't even recognize the threat. Mitt Romney, and again, you guys listening in Utah, I love you guys, but I warned you as soon as Mitt Romney showed up. This guy is not a conservative. He doesn't belong in the Republican Party. He was one of the 12 GOP senators to vote for the bill, and he contradicted many of his Republican colleagues and promised that the legislation would not infringe on the rights of individuals or private businesses already protected by the law. He made that promise. He expects you to believe that promise. You know why? Because he believes. He believes the Democrats, when they told him, oh, if you'll just vote for this, it'll be great. It'll be awesome. You can trust us. Yeah, you can trust us, all right. You can trust us to do the same thing they do every other freaking time they ever have the chance. And that's all I can say about that. Let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break. And when we come back on the other side, we will jump on to the other big news of the day. Then we'll get to some lesser stuff in the second hour. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in. Oh, yeah, guess what? Tis the season. been written in recent years to try to totally dismiss the indisputable fact that America was founded upon the biblical principles of Judeo-Christianity. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. If you gather all know-nothing history revisionists into one little room, try as they may, they would not have the power to change or get rid of the facts. Anyone who examines the original writings, personal correspondence, biographies, and public statements of the individuals who were instrumental in the founding of the United States will discover an abundance of quotations revealing the profound extent to which their thinking and their lives were influenced by a Christian worldview. That is not to say that all of the founding fathers were Christians, although most were. 
but even the few that were not Christians were still deeply influenced by the principles of Christianity. We can easily be so distracted wondering if Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Jefferson ever placed their personal faith in Jesus Christ that we easily miss the fact that all of the founders not only thought from a biblical perspective, but many of them lost everything, including their lives, so that America could be free from King George and today would remain free from domestic tyranny. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Where have you always wanted to go? Chances are you've had a dream honeymoon destination in mind for years. What if we told you we could get you there? Later in April 2015, we got married in Nashville. So we were trying to figure out what registry to do and then heard about Honey Fund. So we put it on the website and lo and behold, one by one, all of our gifts were fulfilled. Even the fruity drinks for Carmen and the entire Honey Fund. With Honey Fund, the world's most trusted online wedding registry, your honeymoon is our business. With no platform fees, you can set up your custom cash-powered registry page quickly, easily, and budget-friendly. Despite the name, we offer more than just honeymoons. That's right, you can use Honey Fund for wedding funds, a home down payment, charity registry, or any savings goal. Whatever you need to start your marriage right, we're here to ensure your future is bright. We've helped more than a million couples just like you make their dreams come true. Here's how it all works. Step one, create. Using our design tools, you can create a custom Honey Fund page as unique as your love. Whether you create a wish list of experiences or choose a simple donation box, you'll get cash in your bank account for a small processing fee. You can also register for zero-fee gift cards from nearly 200 popular travel, dining, and shopping brands. Step 2. Share. Once you've completed your personal Honey Fund page, share the page with friends, family, and wedding guests. Honey Fund can be your main wedding webpage or link to a wedding website of your choice. And if you're ever stuck, our five-star customer service team can show you how. Step 3. Receive. With your unique link, your guests will be able to donate easily, eliminating the hassle of finding a gift and allowing you to take that trip, make that down payment, or do whatever else you've chosen to receive. Unlike other cash registry sites, there's never a fee to guests on HoneyFund. The best part, HoneyFund is free to try. So what are you waiting for? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Stop dreaming and start your forever journey by setting up your free cash-powered wedding registry today. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. 
Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. indeed let's go brandon it is the proper season want to remind you folks that uh, there's also going to be links in the show description for the fine folks at honey fund and second skull as well as beanstalks and my patriot supply they're all going to be there and you'll hear the ads for those other two you know in the second hour hope you'll stick around for those and meanwhile uh, glad to have you here it is december 13th we are almost halfway through the month of December already. Wow. Uh, this, this month, it, it goes by so quickly, doesn't it? It does, it does. Okay, so uh, what do you say we talk about the second biggest story of uh, the day? That being the Democrat mega donor, Sam Bankman Freed. You see, he's now facing the potential of spending the rest of his life behind bars. Yeah, that's right. He has been arrested and he has been indicted on an eight-count indictment. Eight counts. That was unsealed today, Tuesday, uh, December the 13th. Unsealed today in federal court. It seems that SBF, as he likes to be called, is in a bit of trouble. Uh, just contributing to Democrats doesn't protect you in the way it used to. I mean, at least uh, right after a election, it no longer does. I mean, going up into the election, evidently, yeah, there's some level of protection, but but not after the election, you see. 
All right, so a Manhattan federal grand jury charged SBF, 30 years old this guy is currently, charged him with conspiracy to commit wire fraud, with wire fraud, conspiracy to commit commodities fraud, conspiracy to commit securities fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and conspiracy to defraud the Federal Election Commission and commit campaign finance violations, all of this according to the Department of Justice. Now, seems like all of these are part and parcel for how most politicians operate, regardless of what letter is at the back of their name. But uh, this one's special. This one's special. I mean, this this guy hit hit the jackpot. See, prosecutors allege that uh, Bankman Freed uh, misappropriated. See, they they're using fancy sounding words, uh, a fancy way of saying stole. He stole billions of dollars of customer funds deposited into the cryptocurrency exchange that he had founded. By now, the exchange that you've heard way too much about, FTX. And in the process, he lied to investors and lenders about the company and about his cryptocurrency hedge fund, Alameda Research. See, Bankman Freed and his co-conspirators, they were deceiving and conning customers of FTX from the inception of the company, according to prosecutors. He allegedly used billions of dollars from customers for his own personal use to repay loans owed by Alameda Research and to donate millions of dollars to political campaigns, most of which folks with a D at the end of their name. You see, SBF, as he preferred to be called, see, he was the Democrats' second largest donor this last political cycle, second only to spooky dude who we're not supposed to even mention his name, lest we be called anti-Semitic, uh, George Soros. See, he was number two behind uh, the spooky dude. He donated tens of millions of dollars to Democratic candidates and other left-wing groups. Now, SBF also defrauded lenders to Alameda Research and equity investors in FTX by hiding his misuse of customers' deposits. Again, prosecutors are alleging. See, Beckman Freed, he tried to conceal the millions he gave to politicians by making his co-conspirators make the contributions under their names, according to prosecutors, which is how he was committing fraud against the uh, election committee. You see, Bankman Freed now faces up to 115 years in prison if he's convicted on all eight counts. Count one, conspiracy to commit wire fraud on customers. So that carries up to 20 years if convicted. The, the second count, count two, wire fraud on customers. That's an additional 20 years, well, up to. 
The third count, conspiracy to commit wire fraud on lenders. Uh, that's up to 20 years. See, we're already up to 60. Count four, wire fraud on lenders. That's up to 20 years. Count five is conspiracy to commit commodities fraud. That's another 20. Count six, conspiracy to commit securities fraud. Now, that's not as bad, evidently. It only goes up to five years max. Count seven, conspiracy to commit money laundering. Well, you know, that also not as serious. So only five years there is the max. And then count eight, conspiracy to defraud the United States and violate campaign finance laws. And again, that's only up to five years. And I got to admit, usually considering how the federal government takes it when you defraud them, when they're the victims, normally that's way more serious, but uh, only five years there too. Now, a judge has already denied Bankman-Fried's bail due to him being uh, and I quote, a great flight risk. I mean, they had to pick him up in the Bahamas, for crying out loud. Uh, quoting here, saying, The Justice Department has filed charges alleging that Samuel Bankman-Fried perpetrated a range of offenses in a global scheme to deceive and defraud customers and lenders of FTX and Alameda the defendant's crypto hedge fund, as well as a conspiracy to defraud the United States government. This, of course, coming from Merrick B. Garland, the, the current sitting attorney general. He continued saying, We allege that the defendant conspired to defraud customers by misappropriating their deposits, to defraud lenders, to commit securities fraud and money laundering, and to violate campaign finance laws. As this indictment demonstrates, the U.S. Department of Justice will aggressively investigate and prosecute alleged criminal wrongdoings in the financial system and violations of federal election laws. We will continue to work to ensure the U.S. capital markets operate honestly and with the integrity that investors, lenders, and the American people are entitled to. Uh, you know, again, good speech, Merrick. Good speech. I, I'm a fan. I'm digging it. That's good stuff there. Good stuff. And uh, I wonder, though, I wonder if this good stuff actually is all covered. See, I see some stuff going on here. First and foremost, uh, everything they want to charge this guy with is absolutely true. The problem here is he set up what was supposed to be an exchange. And then he set up what was supposed to be a regular equity uh, firm. And in the process, this regular, regular equity firm, it should be operating under the standard laws, whatever you're doing. And we're talking about Alameda at this point. FTX was just a crypto uh, a way station, really. It's an exchange market. You place your bids, you make your purchases. And the problem here 
is that FTX was operating like some other exchanges and allowed you that if you didn't make your purchase and then move your crypto into your crypto wallets, you could just leave it at the exchange. That just meant all your money is just sitting there. Now, the same thing you can do over at Coinbase, which is where I do my crypto uh, trades. And occasionally I'll even throw in a link uh, to let you go check it out in the show description, asking you to become informed. And there's a great deal of faith that I have in in Coinbase. I firmly believe that they operate on the up and up. I believe their integrity is much, much higher than what we've seen with FTX. But that, that's beside the point at the moment. See, SBF, as he likes to be called, uh, he was scheduled to go testify in front of Congress. In fact, that was supposed to, wasn't that this week that that was supposed to happen? And I wonder if, <clears throat> I wonder if some folks started to be concerned about what he might actually say in front of Congress. I wonder if they were concerned about what might actually be on the congressional record. Because you instantly would say, but Tim, now if they take him to court, then all of this stuff will come out in court. But now you're forgetting the possibility of somebody taking a plea deal. So they take the plea deal, and then just everything goes away, and you don't have everything brought to the light of day, do you? I mean... Technically, you should, but you won't. So these pretty words, well, again, when it comes from a politician of any kind, regardless of what letters at the end of their name, you need to take pretty words with a grain of salt, because there's a really good chance that it's really just meant to, to make you feel a certain way and hope that you... Number one, don't dig too deeply into what they're actually saying to figure out what they mean. And, uh, of course, number two, that you certainly don't try to hold them accountable for the words they say, because then that's just going to make them work really hard to find another way to say that they basically did do it, even though they clearly didn't, which is another thing most politicians are pretty good at. Hmm. Of course, I can hear some of the folks on the left already say, but Merrick Garland's not a politician, Tim, and there's the flaw in your logic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The position he holds isn't supposed to be a partisan uh, position, but I think it pretty much is at this point. I, I really think you're going to be hard-pressed to find too many people that believe otherwise. I mean, even people on the left side they, they stood up and applauded when a certain former attorney general claimed to be Barack Obama's wingman. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, Eric. You know, you know I'm talking about you. We know it's a political position. And we know politics are in play, and we know that when Maxine freaking Waters is talking about how polite... Uh, that this young man is and how kind it is for him to just come in on his own to testify. That should have been the first clue to everybody on the planet that this wasn't about privileged behavior. This is about trying to make him feel comfortable and at ease so that when they sprung the trap, he wouldn't see it coming. 
this guy is now in the clutches of those people that he had come to believe through the actions of his mother primarily uh, were the people that he should just give billions of dollars to. That they would take care of and everything would be fine and he would be rewarded for helping them. He believed this. And so he did these things and he's admitted time after time that he was never meant to do anything wrong. Yeah, okay, that's common reframe among the guilty. I never meant to do anything wrong. It just kind of happened. And then I was like, well, too late to do anything about it now. I never really thought about it as money laundering when I took millions of dollars from investors and then turned around and sent it to Democratic people, uh, Democratic campaigns or or leftist activist groups that, in turn, gave that to other Democratic campaigns. That's not money laundering. That is doing good in the world with our money. Wire fraud? Well, you know, wire fraud means that we're, you know, committing fraud, and, and there's there's no fraud here. They're, they're buying crypto, and, and we're... We're backing up our own values. We're inflating our own values through manipulating the value of our own crypto, our, our own established cryptocurrency that is exclusive to FTX. We created that one. And, okay, yeah, that's kind of fraud, isn't it? There's no two ways about it. There's no way to look at this and not see that at that point, you were aggressively committing fraud. People kept putting their money there. Now, I do love the fact that despite the volatility in the crypto market that happened initially, that people that still believe in crypto still believe in crypto. And that's a good thing because cryptocurrency is not at fault here. That's not the problem. The funniest part of all is that if this hadn't been left in a centralized exchange, if all the crypto was still operating as it was originally envisioned as a, a non-centralized way to go about conducting financial business, then this could have never happened. If that hadn't been left and entrusted with this guy and his co-conspirators, it wouldn't have been available for him to just send it over to Alameda. It wouldn't have been available for him to send it to various Democratic contributors. He wouldn't have been able to invest in his shady real estate. It all would have been back in the crypto wallets of the folks that uh, had invested their crypto, had used the exchange there. Now, the people that actually invested in FTX as the exchange itself, made equity stake investments there, uh, they were the victims of securities fraud, uh, fraud that was obviously committed as they uh, dealt with both the lenders and the direct equity stake investors by falsifying their uh, financial statements, inflating their perceived value, again, through the use of their own cryptocurrency and you know, attributing whatever value they wanted to it instead of letting normal market sources determine that value. 
which is also a thing that doesn't really happen with other cryptos because, you know, that's not the way the crypto markets work. Again, when you put your thumb on the scales and manipulate it like that, you're committing fraud and you've committed a criminal act. But hey, for the Democrats, this is a good chance to do two birds, one stone. Because I've already floated out my tinfoil hat theory about taking him into custody. And now probably, I'd be very surprised if it doesn't happen, probably get a plea deal so he doesn't testify in front of Congress about what's happened. And he doesn't have to testify in court so the truth doesn't come out, the, 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 the real criminal activity. We'll never know. The people that received these funds, the people that had this money laundered to them, but then also, one more excuse demonstrating the need to the people for the government to enact stricter and harsher regulations, to regulate cryptocurrencies in ways that shouldn't even be possible. And also a good chance for them to continue to push their new Fed coin, which is a thing that's out there currently in trial. One of the worst things can ever happen. Do not let them push this forward, guys. We're talking about programmable, programmable currency. Okay? They decide they don't want you saving money. They'll start uh, doing negative interest. They decide for you what you can and can't purchase with it. They don't want you buying that new gun. You ain't buying a new gun. Uh, your crypto is no good, sir. This Fed coin, it says you, it says it has zero balance here. You have zero Fed dollars available for this purchase. I mean, and you know, forget the gun thing. Uh, let's just say you want to stop by McDonald's on your way home after work. Okay, you've already splurged a couple of times earlier in the week with some fast food because you were in a hurry and you grabbed something. Well, you're over your your naughty food limit. No more junk food for you this week. Uh, your U.S. Fed coin, boom, nope, sorry. No good there. Programmable bucks. You don't believe me? Take your chances, but if you let them institute this, it's going to be too late to take it back. And again, that worst irony, like I already said, uh, you wouldn't need any type of government regulation if FTX wasn't doing the opposite of what cryptocurrency is all about. And that, of course, being non-regulated. You know, direct, peer-to-peer. -peer. And again, the nature of crypto says, okay, make your purchase and then put it in your crypto wallet. Most of which look a lot like uh, high-tech thumb drives. Have it in your wallet. Don't leave it on the exchanges. And that would have taken care of this. And you can do that even over at Coinbase. But I happen to like leaving uh, a big chunk of what I've got there because uh, they do the staking rewards. It works the same as interest does in leaving your account, uh, leaving your cash in uh, various savings type uh, instruments. 
Are you running the risk that the same thing can happen? Yeah, but the difference is the folks at Coinbase operate with integrity, or at least the top folks do. It just seems to me like another setup. Maybe I've become a little too cynical. This is one Pollyanna that has become so hardened. Anyway. Just something to keep an eye on. I mean, if stuff starts coming out and I'm wrong on that, and I hope that's the case, we'll see. But uh, just, uh, just write it down. Let's pay attention. Will there be information that is released? I think this is more about covering it up. Letting our good friend Freed take all the heat. And none of the Democrats that received a lot of cash really gets made part of the public knowledge. That information is out there, by the way. All right, let's, uh, let's finish up this hour with a little tunage. And we will start hour number two uh, shortly after that. And again, you know, I would usually like to do the Matt Fitzgibbon stuff for that uh, little break here, but uh, it's it is the Christmas season, so what do you say we we do a little Christmas music? Um, yeah, stay where you're at. We'll be back in just a few.
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? What's the game indeed? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't recognize the voice, because, you know, it is mostly coherent at that point in time, but that's actually then-Senator Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. You know, the barely there Beijing Biden of today, that was Joe Biden when he was Senator Biden. And uh, obviously that was a little while after the Defense of Marriage Act had been enacted, which, of course, was a Clinton-era bit. And uh, now I think we see a good reason why a constitutional amendment might have been worth talking about, because obviously uh, the Defense of Marriage Act wasn't enough. It just wasn't. wasn't. And to hear Joe Biden talk about it, I'm sure he's merely just evolved. And, of course, we're talking about that because today is December 13th, 2022, uh, time of the live broadcast. It is the day that the so-called Respect for Marriage Bill became the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. I do like how the leftists keep throwing in uh, interracial marriage when they talk about it, like somehow they're equating same-sex and interracial uh, unions as being the same thing. Uh, guys, it's it's not the same thing. Uh, just not even close. But hey, uh, it's difficult for the left. It don't come down too hard on them. But I, I like playing that bit, and I probably will play that for the next little bit the same way that I like playing uh, what uh, Joe Biden had to say in regards to abortion. Because at about the same time, he was telling us that uh, abortion should be rare and uh, they should be working to try and uh, alleviate them, to have fewer of them. That was his words. Joe Biden wanted there to be a less in the way of abortion, not more. And I know I still have some folks that are all like, well, that can't be true. Uh, well, again, I play it frequently, but let me play that bit again, because it's just 15 seconds, and here's Joe Biden on that from all the way back many, many millennia ago, uh, 2006. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe, and I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Now, that was Joe Biden in 2006. 
And the previous statement was Joe Biden. Now, that probably sounds a little more like the Joe Biden of the day because he had that uh, little hitch. Of course, I do like the fact that every time somebody points that little hitch out, uh, they talk about how Joe Biden used to stutter as a child. That's uh, okay. Well, that might have been a stutter affleck there a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to go too far down that road because I myself have been known to occasionally uh, get a little flustered and sometimes occasionally do a little stuff like that. Take a little stutter step, if you will, while I'm trying to, oh no, that's not the word I want to use. What's a better word? And stall. <laughs> but the thing there is I'm not actually stuttering because of a stutter. That's me literally just trying to stall to see if maybe there's a better word. It happens. Uh, most of us have that occasionally, at the very least, happen in daily conversation. And part of me thinks that we should just kind of stop. Because now, truly, words have no meaning. Once upon a time, words had power. You know, uh, we used to believe that to name something was to claim power on something or over something. But, but words have no meaning anymore. Uh, people talk about their pronouns. Well, I, I'm sorry, but uh, you don't own a pronoun. A pronoun is just part of the language. The same thing as, you know, adjectives and adverbs and participles. And it's just part of the language. And the rules of the language are already defined. You, you don't get to, to edit the language to being your own language. You don't get to change the meaning. People don't like that. People get angry when you say something like that. And now they literally have dictionaries that are trying to back them up. Uh, in particular, the Cambridge Dictionary. They've recently updated some of their definitions, and one of those definitions, well, two technically, but it's kind of the same thing, uh, two of those definitions they changed were that of the word man and woman. In fact, they changed the definition to include people whose gender identity doesn't correspond with their biological sex. In other words, the Cambridge Dictionary has gone woke, and in a very harmful fashion. I know, we can't convince the folks on the left how harmful this is just yet, but at some point they're going to wake up and realize that they can't be for women if they can't define what a woman is. Oh, sure you can. Uh, I'm for all women, even the women that aren't women. So that That's safe, right? But no, but they, they clearly are women because they, they say they're women. And, oh, and my head exploded. The definition of man in the online version includes a second meaning. Uh, that second meaning is, and quoting now directly from the definition, an adult who lives and identifies as a male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Now, does that sound like you're actually defining the word anymore? That sounds to me more like you're acquiescing to social pressure. And here's the thing. English is 
currently a spoken language. It's a living, breathing language, and therefore it is subject to a certain amount of change. It's subject to new slang being added. It's subject to some things uh, having their meanings uh, adjusted slightly as people interact in different fashions. So this much is something that naturally occurs. But there is a difference between the creation of a new slang term and the complete undoing of the meaning of a word that has had its meaning pretty much for the entirety of human existence. I, I pause a moment because that's an important point. It's very important because some words, no matter what language you're speaking, uh, they're universal words and their meaning has not changed, nor should it. Because once you make all this crazy gobbledygook instead of an actual language, then you fail to be able to communicate. We are literally living in the times of the Tower of Babel. We are literally to the point where uh, the left has gotten so desperate to win the argument and they can't do it based on facts and no longer are the emotions enough to do it. that They just have to keep us from being able to communicate at all. Well, if you say that uh, this person is a man and this person over here cannot be a man, but that person claims to be a man, uh, then you're a bigot, you're bad, and we shouldn't try talking to you anyway. We should make no effort whatsoever. You are Elon Musk. You are the bad person. You're the person who says to uh, certain former intelligence operative known as Brennan that your house is glass, <laughs> which has to be the best four-word response I've ever seen. So uh, again, hat tip to Elon for that one. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Brennan was trying to defend Dr. Anthony Fauci, second greatest doctor of all time, immediately behind Dr. Joe Biden, of course. Because Elon Musk had the unmitigated gall to say that his pronouns were prosecute Fauci. And he should be prosecuted because he, at the very least, perjured himself in front of Congress. That's been proven now. There's no question about it. There's no doubt about it. I don't see anybody moving to charge him yet. We'll see if the Republicans, as they take over the House, make good with their threats. Of course, they'll still have to get through Merrick Garland and the current democratically controlled DOJ, even though they're not supposed to be political. Anyway, let's digress back to the point here. Uh, the definition of the word man. Now, now, they didn't change the initial definition either, which is kind of fun, because that would mean that this second meaning uh, doesn't really have a meaning. If you don't change the first one, then this doesn't mean anything at all. So now we've reached another distinction without a difference, or is it a difference without a distinction? Believe it or not, those actually do have two different meanings when you put it in proper context. But anyway, let me read that uh, address. Let me read that second definition to you again. 
an adult who lives and identifies as male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Now, they may have been said by a doctor. They may have been said by their mother and father. You know, if the dad was around long enough, you know, a modern America being what it is. It's cute that they may have been said. <laughs> what does that even mean? I think we know what it means. They're desperately trying to appease the cancel culture crew so they don't get canceled themselves. I mean, heaven forbid you should be, you know, performing the service of offering up a dictionary and that you should be precise. Can't have precise definitions. That might take away someone's truth. Anyway, the example sentences alongside the definition, and they gave a couple of them here. Uh, one, Mark is a trans man, a man who was said to be female when they were born. Uh, another example sentence, uh, their doctor encouraged them to live as a man for a while before undergoing surgical transition. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I was making this up, guys. This is straight, straight from the Cambridge Dictionary, guys. Look it up for yourself. I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't. I guess I probably could make this stuff up at this point because we've seen enough of it. But anyway, the definition of woman also includes a second definition that is similar in uh, how you read it. That second definition there is, quote, an adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Uh, simple translation. They could have just said uh, an adult who says they a woman, but that guy's a dude. <laughs> that should be the Urban Dictionary's version. I, maybe that's not urban enough for these days. I, I, it's been a while since I've read that, too. But anyway, one of the example sentences there, Mary is a woman who was assigned male at birth. <laughs> I, again, not getting that. That is the example sentence. Uh, Christopher Rufo. Uh, happens to be a fellow of the Manhattan Institute. Christopher, done a lot of work in this field, by the way, trying to bring this information to light. He brought attention to the news in a Twitter post uh, back on Monday of this week, saying that, quote, Cambridge Dictionary just dropped a new definition of woman. And, uh, you know, hilarity ensued at that point. Rousseau also observed that the new definition used the pronoun they, to describe a woman instead of she. Quoting here, notice that the dictionary write, writers say they may have been. They couldn't bring themselves to write she may have been because they know they're lying. That's the tale. Uh, British commentator Adam Brooks also blasted the revised definition, saying, quote, Oh, wow. The Cambridge Words Dictionary definition of woman is shocking. How did we get here? Surely women aren't happy with this. And, you know, you would think most actual women uh, would not be. In fact, you would think that uh, 
you think most people that are purveyors of common sense in the English language would have a problem with it. In addition to the new definitions of man and woman, the dictionary also offers an interesting explanation of the term gender, because you know they couldn't just leave it at defining a man and a woman, right? It, there's just no way they can't do it. Besides, where's the fun in that anyway, right? So, gender gets a brand new definition that is, and I quote, a group of people in a society who share particular qualities or ways of behaving, which that society associates with being male, female, or another identity. Yep, yep, gotta have something there for the non-binaries, gotta, gotta have something there for the, the folks that think they're animals, or think they're fairies, or think they're vampires, or think they're anything but human. Uh, and, you know, I guess we could spend some time going down the big long list of the way to qualify for the free money in San Francisco bit, but, uh, eh. I don't have that much time for the show. That would take a while. So, Cambridge's new definition of gender has to do with people in a society and, you know, the qualities and, and anyway. One of the example sentences reads, quote, The gender that you identify with isn't always the same as your biological sex. So their example sentence is actually trying to preach to you what the uh, left is trying to get you to believe. Seems a little too on the nose to me. You know, this is the equivalent of, you know, writing a sentence uh, a thousand times as a punishment. I will not speak out in class. Uh, the idea is they're hoping that they, if you'll forgive the use of the terminology, which doesn't mean the same thing here, but they're hoping to engender you with a new uh, piece of programming. And that's all this is. Other words related to gender have also been updated. For example, the term male is defined as belonging or relating to men. While one of the example sentences reads... He is one of the most prominent trans male athletes today. Uh, yeah, that's an explosive group. An example sentence for female reads, She was the school's first trans female athlete. The personal pronoun Z has made it into the dictionary, included this year for the first time for Cambridge. And... Z, that being Z-E, is defined as a personal pronoun sometimes used instead of he or she because it does not show a particular gender. Uh, a much more accurate definition would be completely made up word that doesn't have meaning in the English language. And that would be a, a pretty accurate definition, but yeah, it's just, I know the truth sometimes hurts though. I was like throwing holy water on a vampire. <sighs> the word sex, it's also defined. 
the physical state of being either male, female, or intersex, while intersex is defined as having a body that is between male or female or relating to this state. Okay, so intersex is being defined quite literally as someone who isn't male or female, uh, but could be uh, kind of both, somewhere in between, or, or we're going to define the word with the word. Uh, that's where the relating to the state comes from. It's happening. Intersex is the state of being related to this state. You know, I, I seem to recall a good rule of thumb when trying to describe your point or to define something. You don't, you don't use the word to define the word. But that's kind of what they've done here. Uh, we're literally talking about uh, it's just just wow. And, you know, I know some folks are going to take exception to me poking fun at this. And I am poking fun at this because this is just stupid. But this isn't an attack on anyone although it probably should be considered an attack on the intelligence or at least the integrity of the folks that work for the Cambridge Dictionary because they know that this is a load of world-class, grade-A, bovine excrement. They know it. But, you know, they're, they're the Cambridge Dictionary and they have to play the game. The Cambridge Dictionary spokesperson, uh, speaking to the Daily Mail, uh, said that the change for the definition of woman occurred all the way back in October, but it's just now being noticed. Uh, quote here, they carefully studied usage patterns of the word woman and concluded that this definition is one that learners of English should be aware of to support their understanding of how the language is used. The first definition at the entry for woman remains unchanged and continues to be, and I quote, an adult female human being. That's really the only definition for woman. But hey, what else do you expect from a group of folks that, uh, you know, they can't tell you what a woman is? I would be... I would be laughing uncontrollably if it wasn't for how very stupid this really, really is. Guys, going to go ahead and take the uh, mid-hour break just a smidge early. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy cane. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. 
The candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. Candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stated with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Hi, I'm My Patriot Supply. I provide gear and supplies for emergency situations. Hi, I am also a fellow patriot. Whoa, what are you doing here? This is my commercial. Yeah, I just thought I'd join you since I pretty much do the same thing. Ah, actually, we are very different, but I did notice that you use a similar name. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. See, we're the same. Like I was saying, we are an emergency supply company, and we've earned our reputation as a respected leader when it comes to 
preparedness, and self-reliance. Our meals are freshly produced and delivered right to your door. And they last up to 25 years. Oh, yeah, this is great stuff. You're still here, aren't you? Yep, mine is kind of the same. <sighs> okay, so can you deliver quickly? Well, not everyone can deliver with lightning speed. What does it matter? In the end, you'll eventually have it. And it can feed your family in times like hurricanes, earthquakes, power outages, and... Oh, it's all very scary. But not quite as scary as your calorie count, right? For emergencies. People are desperate at that point. Exactly. That's when they need it the most. All of our meals are made with quality food. And have 2,000 calories per day. Murder hornets are on the rise. This is serious. Everyone stay inside. Buy food storage. We don't use scare tactics. <laughs> we don't outsource. We take pride in the quality of our food. And we're there for you when you need us the most. You okay there, buddy? Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say, stick your pride. Where the sun don't shine, keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. That's right, we would be all fine if they just leave us alone. Leave me alone, I'm a family man, and don't go look at Cambridge Dictionary to find out what that means. Okay, uh, just feeling a little silly, guys. It is the holiday season, and I do hope that most of you, if not all of you, is having an absolutely fantastic holiday season. Uh, very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, you know, uh, Kwanzaa's just made up, so we don't go there. Uh, it's, uh, it is the holiday season. And when I say that, I'm still including Thanksgiving, and, and I'm including New Year's as well, because, you know, that's a good time for most folks to, to reevaluate. Hopefully a lot of you 
folks that voted Democrat in the past will be reevaluating those decisions and deciding, you know, we can't go back and change the past, but we can elect a better future. Yes, yes, we can. And that starts first and foremost by putting people in a leadership role who do know how to define a thing, who do know fundamental differences, who are not denying actual basic science, uh, talking about biology in this case, uh, talking about uh, XY and XX chromosomes with the understanding that anything that falls outside of that range not only is an anomaly, but is generally indicative of a serious health crisis. But you see, that's not who we're putting in positions of authority, is it? It doesn't matter. Even if we leave the United States, we find a lot of Western Europe in the same uh, deal. And just to kind of prove that point, came across this story uh, from Norway. You see, there's this lady in Norway who, well, you know, she likes other ladies. And she's an artist. And now she's being investigated. She's literally facing criminal charges for the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad crime of saying that men, well, they can't be lesbians. What? Are you really trying to tell me that a man can't be a lesbian? I mean, by every definition of the word lesbian I'm familiar with, uh, most guys can be. Uh, except for that terrible, horrible fact that men are not women. But usually, thanks to the Cambridge Dictionary and multiple people on the left around the world, we've overcome that obstacle. But not according to this person. And I'm not even going to attempt her name. <laughs> uh, it, it's a Norwegian name which I would butcher so badly, and I'm probably not even going to be close. So out of respect for this woman, I am not even going to attempt her name. Anyway, this Norwegian woman, she literally could spend up to three years in prison for saying that men are not able to be lesbians. Three years in prison. Back on November 17th, this person, this lady, this artist, she was told that she was being investigated by the police over hate speech because of a, yeah, hang on to your hats, a Facebook post. Yeah, that's where we're at in Europe. Facebook can get you in legal trouble. Because of a Facebook post that criticized men who say that they're lesbians. Now, the, uh, the post itself is certainly shocking, right? I mean, how dare anybody in this modern age suggest that something isn't possible? But this individual whose name I'm not even going to attempt, and it's not because she's not uh, the kind of person we, that we typically don't say their name. It's just, again, it's a Norwegian name, and, and I hate Norway. Letters are not supposed to go together like that, okay? I'm just going to put it like that. Anyway, she's a lesbian artist who has faced intense pushback from the usual subject. You know, you've got the usual suspects here. The, the same folks that went after J.K. Rowling. 
the same folks that uh, go after anybody that suggests, I don't know, a common sense approach to uh, if you can't be for women's rights and be for trans women, because then you're just being for the patriarchy. <laughs> it's a terrible place to be. But um, she she's gotten a lot of pushback, essentially for standing up for women. She's a lesbian, and she knows what she likes, and dang it, she's not someone who doesn't know how to define what a woman is. She's not someone who needs to look at the Cambridge Dictionary and go to the second meaning. She knows. I'm going to take her as an expert in the field. Anyway, in her post, she also criticized transgender activists who try to persecute women who are against gender ideology. So, you know, somebody that's standing up for common sense. Yeah. Quoting here from this person's post, uh, It's just as impossible for men to become lesbian as it is for men to become pregnant. Men are men regardless of their sexual fetishes. Ooh! Uh, excuse me, I'm uh, having to step back, trying to get outside of the blast zone. Because that particular truth bomb is going to have a big time explosion. Boom. Sexual fetishes. It, just calling it out for what it is. I I have to applaud the honesty. You don't even get that level of honesty here among a lot of conservative commentators. Uh, a lot of the trans ideology, at least from the men thinking that they're women... It does come down to sexual fetishy. And I'm sorry, but that's a simple fact. In the post, however, translated on Facebook, this artist, this truth teller, this my newest lesbian hero, not that I have very many of those, so it's a short list. You, you move to the top pretty quick because it's not a lot of folks ahead of you, but you're there. You're at the top, and that counts for something, I assure you. This person said, quote, men with fetishes have been protected as a vulnerable minority through the foolish and constructed concept of gender ideology. And it is Coco. K-O-K-O. She also said, when she posted her Facebook message, on purpose to bring attention to Norway's hate speech law. In other words, she was trying to get investigated by the police. She was trying to make this an issue, and congratulations she has, because now we're even talking about it here on Tapping to the Truth. The law was changed back in 2020 when the parliament of the country voted to make hate speech against people who identify as transgender illegal. Well, this... Lesbian artist, now activist, is also not the first to be confronted with charges over saying that men can't be mothers or lesbians. Last year, Annette uh, Trettelberstrun, and again, I, I, I thought with the Annette part, maybe I might have a shot at the last name, but again, I butchered that, so sorry, Annette. Last year, the lesbian artist asked Annette, a politician in the Labor Party, 
what she was going to do to safeguard women and girls' rights. She also asked if she thought that men could be lesbians. The response, well, actually, let's, let's just uh, look at the question first. Quote, I believe it is absolutely necessary to place biological sex as the basis in all contexts where sex has legal, cultural, or practical relevance, and that equating sex with gender identity has harmful discriminatory consequences for women and girls, especially lesbians. Now, this is part of the question. It was the statement part. Then she asked, will the equality minister take action to ensure that lesbian women's human rights are safeguarded by making it clear that there are no lesbians with penises, that males cannot be lesbians regardless of their gender identity, and by tidying up the mess of the harmful gender policies left behind by the previous government? All good questions. The response? Uh, simple and much as you would expect. I do not share an understanding of reality where the, where only, where the only two biological sexes are to be understood as sex. Gender identity is also important. I wanted to let that marinate for a second. I do not share and understanding of reality. Okay, well, that's probably a true statement. Notice she's not saying, she's not sharing that reality. The reality doesn't matter what your understanding of the reality is. Politician being a politician here, though. I do not share an understanding of reality where the only two biological sexes are to be understood as sex. See, she even says... That there are only two biological sexes. But she still wants to deny it. I acknowledge it, but I deny it. I do not understand that reality. That does not compute. So, back to our artist lesbian, who has also described being pushed out of the art community over her views. Even though she was a prominent member of the music and art establishment for over 15 years in uh, the Norwegian lands, saying, quote, I have stated that women are female, that lesbians do not have penises, that children should not be responsible for decisions that they do not have the capacity to understand the scope of, and that no platforming is harmful to democracy. For these opinions, I have been canceled several times. I was not prepared for the extent of how queer organizations, politicians, and activists would demonize a lesbian artist who was not in staff. Trans activists contact people I work with, portraying me as hateful and warning against being associated with me. At this point, though, how would you not be? How could you not be prepared for the extent of how far this would go? How would you not know? 
You're not the first person in your own country to run afoul of this law. As an artist, surely to goodness you're paying attention and following what's happening amongst other artists. I keep kind of circling back to J.K. Rowling for some reason, but rationale dictates that she's a prime example. We're talking about somebody who's famously leftist, who was all about doing away with borders and letting people just come into the United Kingdom willy-nilly. Someone who said multiple leftist crazy ideas. And yet, the one simple truth that she chooses to cling to that falls outside of where the leftist it crowd happens to be at the moment. That one, one point just so happens to be the same point that this lesbian artist whose name I'm simply not willing to even attempt to pronounce because I know I'll butcher it. It's the very same point. Men cannot be women. It doesn't matter if you're a lesbian or if you're a straight woman. You can't have a penis and be a woman. Now, if you take the Cambridge Dictionary, then as long as you apply the second dictionary, then okay. The, the second definition, I should say. Criminal charges. A Facebook post. Facebook. I mean, at this point, why are officials of any kind even paying attention to Facebook? Even I'm not on Facebook as much as I used to be. Because, you know, it's Facebook. I think most of us have moved on. It's, it is a half a step away from being MySpace at this point. And don't get me wrong, I, I still like Facebook as far as what it's supposed to do and the ease of use and the connections to Instagram now, I guess, is kind of cool if you're into Instagram, which I've never really been. I have a presence there, but again, only because I can connect it to Facebook. I spend more time on uh, Truth Social than on Facebook. And I don't spend much time there, really. I spend way more time on MeWe and uh, on CloudHub. In fact, I think I spend more time on Gab, and I've been spending more time on Twitter recently. Uh, you know, now it's become kind of the Wild West, and you're not getting booted or banned and shadow banned for saying, hey, Biden sucks. Or, you know, my favorite, putting up, Let's go, Brandon. Uh, you can do that now, and nothing happens except the leftist somewhere cries. You, you can almost hear the tear rolling down their cheek. In fact, I think I hear one now. Elon must have tweeted something new. The most recent edition of the Twitter files must have just been released, and they're now coming to understand that Twitter will never be the same again. Elon has drug all the, the terrible, terrible lies out into the sun. And, of course, the left is still denying that. 
and they're threatening to investigate and they just they just don't like Elon anymore because you know he's ruined their party a party where they get to punish you for saying things like this lesbian artist is saying there's you know if you follow the science like they keep telling us to do when it comes to other stuff that's not very scientific what would you do it and you say, hey, dude, I, even if you undergo the chemical castrations and the surgical mutilations, you can't change the chromosome. You can't change the DNA. You can't change the cellular roadmap of how you were built. Your blueprint is still the same. If you suffer from a disconnect, between your mental state and the reality of your physical existence, then that can be uncomfortable and it can lead to serious issues and you should get help of the psychiatric variety. And that's not saying, oh, you're crazy, you're not just lots of people that are kind of just, nah, I could use a little guidance can benefit from a decent amount of psychological help. There, I know there's still a stigma attached. I know in particular when you use the phrase, you need help, buddy. You know, sometimes you need help just means, hey, you need help. And who doesn't need a little help from time to time? Don't read too much into it. Don't take it as being some uber negative attack. Understand sometimes... That's said from a place of love, not of judgment or attacking. I can't tell you, if this is the first time that you've heard the show, I can't tell you that you need to go back and listen to all the archives and podcasts. You'll hear me so many times make the case about how it is about compassion and caring, why I want someone who's suffering from gender dysphoria to get the help they need. I've been through that... <clears throat> I've explained it multiple times. I would think that if you're a regular listener that you know this by now, but, you know, if you're first time here, you can either hey, take my word for it, which uh, I always tell you at the very end of the program, don't take my word for anything. You can go back into the archives, and I highly recommend you go to Spotify or iHeart or, of course, Stitcher right now is Again, the listenership there uh, into the podcast version through the roof. I mean, it is almost three to one to the other platforms combined. If you take the Indian platform out, uh, of course, the Indian platform, it's a strong second. Still, not touching Stitcher these days. And again, thank you guys. If you're listening on Stitcher, if you're one of the folks that's making this happen on the regular, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm presuming that you're either somebody that follows or at least sees my post over on uh, Gab or Spreely based on when I started uh, doing those posts and some of the changes that I've made in promoting the show in regards to promoting it on iHeart and promoting it on other platforms, on certain social media platforms, just to see what the uh, difference in the uptick is. Regardless where you listen to, thank you. But uh, if we are to a point 
where we can no longer tell the truth to each other, where the truth itself has become a crime when that's the criminal complaint. When you are clearly using 1984 uh, speak, and you're not allowed to even question what the authorities are telling you, then this isn't a free republic anymore. And I don't care how you feel about what you want this country to be like. What I do care about is your freedom to feel it, to express it, and even to work towards it in a legitimate fashion. If someday you legitimately can argue your case and win over enough folks based solely on the facts of your argument, then so be it. You're probably not going to win me over because I understand what's at risk, but at the same time, if you can make that argument, then hey, good for you. That's how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to make the arguments. You're supposed to win over the hearts and minds, and you're supposed to do it with legitimate information, and you're supposed to be able to counter with the good outweighing whatever negative there is. And when it comes to this kind of behavior, hey, let's throw a woman in jail for three years. Let's put her in prison for three years because she said a lesbian can't have a penis. That's the opposite of freedom. That's tyranny. And I don't need the Cambridge Dictionary to help define it for you. And I would hope to all the powers in the heaven that I don't have to explain that to you. I would hope that you could recognize it, that if it's put in front of you in that context, that you can see it for what it is. You don't have the right to be the thought police. You don't have the right to control how everyone else around you feels about the same thing. It's the, the very sin that was committed at Twitter that made it nearly fall apart, that kept it from ever being profitable. The reason so many people are hating what Elon Musk is doing over there right now is you believed you were the smartest people in the room. You believed that whatever you thought was what was best and that you shouldn't have to explain it to us, that you shouldn't have to make a case. You shouldn't have to explain why it is what's for the best, that it should just be okay, that we should just sit down, shut up, and follow your lead. That's not America. That's not freedom. That's not liberty. And you still want to use the words that you're fighting for democracy. Well, you're trying to control a democracy. And when you control a democracy, it's not really a democracy anymore. You should have to make the case. Even if you are the smartest person in the room, even if the ideas you're pushing are what's for the best in this country, the way we chose to do things, you have to make the case. And you have to let us know the other side of the argument. Or you're just not living up to the ideas. You're not worthy of being in a position of authority. Because you can't be trusted to be a gatekeeper. You can't be trusted to be a guardian. Who watches the watchers? Who guards the guardians? Who protects the protectors? 
If you want to sign up for that job, then you must set yourself apart. You must be a person of unique, of unique character. You must be someone who's willing to put the best interest of everyone else above your own. Because there will be those who come for you. That's the failing. That's where we're at now. And that's where we're going to have to leave things for today. Again, thank you so very much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. Please keep listening to the show wherever you're listening at it. And don't forget to join us for the live show Friday nights where you can listen in if you're around the Columbia, South Carolina area. Just tune to WCET-FM. If you're listening anywhere else worldwide, you can ease on over to thelastfrequency.com or you can go over to tunein.com and uh, seek out the Vera Network. And then we start at 7 p.m. Eastern. The show is live. Now, if you don't want to join us live to do that, you will still get to hear it. We'll put it up on the podcast after the fact. But if you do, listen in, tune in one of those locations, and then go over to MeWe. If you don't already have a MeWe account, and that's spelled just the way it sounds, M-E-W-E.com, MeWe.com. Sign up, get a free account, it's another social media site, and then look up the Last Frequency group, and that works as the chat room for the show. So join us then. Uh, we'll be doing that live for the foreseeable future, although with the holiday schedule coming up, I don't know uh, what Doug's looking like. But the show's a little different being live again on Fridays, but uh, you know what it is. Anyway, that's it for now. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Don't forget to join Tap Into The Truth over at Locals.com. We've got our community going over there, and a few folks are starting to sign up. Come be part of it. And, uh, you know, visit PatriotMusic.com when you get a chance to. That's it for now, and uh, I hope to see you guys again real soon. And, uh, you know what, other than uh, one final message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. And a little Christmas tune to play us out on.
let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this. But every lesson in history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is a specter our well-meaning Christian liberal friends, our, our be- priests, bishops and pastors refuse to face. That their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives us no choice between peace and war, only between fight and surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we will have to face the final demand, the final ultimatum. And what then? When Satan has told the people of this world, he knows what our answer is going to be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of his cold war. And someday when the time is right to deliver his final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because you see by then we will have been so weakened from within spiritually, morally, economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price or better read than dead. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know it and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Ridge have refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools and our beloved dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis did not die in vain. Where then lies the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all that you and I have the courage to tell our enemies there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which evil must not advance. In the words of Reagan, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.